Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your Christian Financial Advisors host, Bob Barber, and his co-host, Sean Peters. Welcome to another episode of Christian Financial Perspectives. We're so glad you joined us. Today, we're going to be covering part three of our diversification series. And if you like this video, or in general, if you like videos on financial topics from a Christian worldview, then we would love it if you would hit that subscribe button. Uh, it costs a total of zero dollars to do that. So we'd uh, really appreciate your support in that way. And of course, always, uh, you can like the video and share it with other people. So, Bob, let's get into part three today. Part three of diversification, Sean. So we have really given a good education. Today's going to be the last part of it. If you haven't heard the first two parts, we're going to recap that a little bit. And I would invite and those will you, be linked on screen as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. And and go back and um and and watch them because you're what we're really teaching you is how we diversify here. But if you're a do it yourself and you want to do it yourself and you want to spend a couple of years learning this, then uh, you could do that. Yeah, that's okay? right. That's right. And so the, the, the first part that we went over a couple of weeks ago was the uh, equity and fixed income style charts. And we're putting that up for you to take a look at. And you'll this describes when you're in, uh, gonna, going to diversify and build a portfolio that the equity style chart is all the different styles of stocks that mm -hmm. have to do with large cap value, blend growth. You can see mid value blend growth and small uh, value blend growth. And it has to right. do with the size of the of the companies. The large companies are your very well, well-known names like the Walmarts of the world, the yeah. Exxons, the, you know, the big boys. That's right. The, the, the 10 billion plus. Yeah. Which is, it's crazy to think that now the large cap, large cap is ten billion plus. When I started, I always like I said in the last two programs, it was about two to three billion. So yeah. it's really in, increased a lot. And then we went into the uh, fixed income style charts and how that all works. And it's very very important. This is the foundation, John, mm -hmm. for right. building a diversified portfolio. Is understanding where the stocks yeah. fit within all of these styles, right. along with international and emerging yeah. markets and domestic markets. So there's a lot to learn here. Exactly. This is just to, to indicate how picking a, a bunch of random different companies, for example, is not really diversification because you, know, you, you need to make sure you know where those different positions fall. So if you end up picking all value large cap, well, you're not really diversified very much. That's right. Even if you have yeah. a bunch of different holdings. And, so. and, and the different styles will do well in different markets. That's right. That's right. Uh, right now, the, the value style is working much better than, mm -hmm. than the growth style yeah. as interest rates have gone up 450% in the last year because yep. they started at zero. Now they're four and a half. Um, not yeah. much more to go, <laughs> though. I will say that. It's, it's a good thing. It, uh, they're expecting only about another half to three quarters of a point of interest rate rise. When you look at the percentages, that's only a 15% more to go yeah. to get to that point. So that's a good point. It'll be interesting we... to see how a lot of your very growth focused positions, you, you know, companies will handle the next few years 
with all these changes that we've had in the interest rates mm-hmm. and just the economy as a whole, you know, I, we've seen tons of the the larger tech companies laying off people, which yeah. which is really sad. You know, they they brought on a lot of people, but now they're laying off a bunch of people. And I just wonder if we're going to see more more of that, where the growth focused companies are going to have to really scale back and. And you're going to see more of the value focused going yeah, forward. Yeah, and the value focus normally uh, has a lot less debt or no debt at all. That's right. And and then uh, so that was the first week. That was two weeks ago. And then last week we covered all the different sectors, That's and right. we we went into the industries of each sector. So you have twelve different sectors. Uh, if and you I'll, look on your screen, you'll see that. We've, and I'll go ahead and just read them off. Yeah, go for too. it. So we've got healthcare, communication services, technology consumer discretionary, consumer staples, energy, financial, industrials, materials, utility, real estate, and physical assets. And there's all these industries within each sector. That's right. So you got to understand how all these sectors work and the industries within each one, whether you're going to overweight or underweight Mm -hmm. in those different sectors and how that's going to fit into that equity style chart. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, depending on your own investment policy or your own investment, you know, philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, depends on are you are you typically going for something that's that's hot or are you uh, going for something like, you know, here at our firm, we, we always use what's called a contrarian, you know, theory. And so mm-hmm. if we see one of these sectors or one of the industries within a sector is just really beaten down, it's down 50% for the year. Been way oversold. Yeah. We're looking at that as uh that's probably a good buy, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and if something is, is up 20, 30, 40%, well, we'll wait for that to go on sale. <laughs> Even though some many will say, well, that's a trend and follow it. But, but I, but how much I, longer is that trend going to go? So my style, if you were to think about my style and we always say it around here, I'm kind of old, but my style yeah. is the Warren Buffett style. I like to to buy when um, everybody else is selling, and I like yeah. to sell when everybody else is buying. So that's yeah. just my just my, my the way I do things. And uh, it'll depend on how you know for those of us for those of you watching. It depends on your particular investment philosophy, but right. but you should have that. You should know. In addition to this, like how are you going to manage this? How are you going to invest in this? And uh, for for example, you can always check out our website, and uh, we'll put the link in the description. But you know, we, we have our own investment philosophy that we follow. So, yeah, and we've, anyway. and we've talked about that right here we have, we have. on the on the podcast and, and YouTube channel. That's uh, right. How the difference, the seven criteria that we use for mm-hmm. investing. Mm-hmm. So today, what we're going to cover is building models. It's taking all of this these sectors and using the equity style chart, fixed income style chart, and building the models that go with that. And we're going to try to go through this very quickly because um, it could take an hour. We could definitely spend an hour on this. We're yeah. not. We're going to spend just minutes on each one. But we we take the models, use these sectors and style charts, and we're just going to talk about five main models. There's right. more models That's in right. this, but we're going to talk about the five main models and what we do here at Christian Financial Advisors. And uh, we have these five main models. They start with ultra-conservative. Then we have uh, conservative, then moderate or balanced, mm-hmm. then growth and aggressive growth. So, Sean, go into the, how we build that that first ultra-conservative yeah. portfolio. So the, the first one, the ultra-conservative, is what would be considered a, a 100% fixed income mm-hmm. model uh, or portfolio, depending on your particular nomenclature you'd like to use. (laughs) So for this one, it has the least amount of volatility 
and we use the uh, fixed income style chart plus some investments outside of the boxes like maybe CDs, money markets, possibly some dividend paying stocks like uh, like the real estate sector, but just a very small percentage. And, and, and whatever it is, even if it's not technically considered fixed income, uh, it is something that it would be very value you know, value focused and large cap, uh, you know, large cap. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really no growth expected. It's, it's just paying dividends. So again, the focus on this is, is producing consistent income. This is not for growth. And it's going to be, it's going to be your least volatile That's right. type That's right. of, of portfolio. There's still volatility, obviously. Yeah, I right. mean, you, you, even in the, you know, in 2022, I mean, uh, Every market was down. You know, well, it, 2022 was so unique because we were taking interest rates from zero, yeah. like I said, up over 450 yeah. percent. Exactly. You know, but, so but that keep in mind, obviously, fixed income was not hit nearly as hard as the overall equity no, market. No, not so, near. So this would still hold true that there is the least amount of volatility, right. but it doesn't mean it's immune to any kind of volatility. So. So then you take a you take one step up, and what that means is you're just having less fixed income. So this is typically typically going to hang out in the eighty percent fixed income arena. Yeah. What we say that the we just 80, mentioned. 20. So yeah, the eighty twenty, and then the twenty percent equities. Now these equities that we do in a conservative are going to be more of your conservative equities as well. That's right. So they're going to be more of your large cap value, uh, your dividend paying stocks. Yeah. Where we, When we get up at the, the fifth portfolio, we're going to speak of aggressive growth. That's not going to have near as much large cap. It's going to have more mid cap and small cap in it. Yeah. And emerging markets. And conservative, you know, you, you could have some some <clears throat> large mid cap blend. Uh, but but you're you're not going to have a whole lot of mid cap and definitely not small cap. At least that wouldn't be recommended. So we call this our conservative portfolio. So right. we had ultra conservative, then conservative, then we break right into the middle. This is actually our number one mm -hmm. uh, portfolio that we yeah. have here. It's and I would say probably across America, it's probably the that's where most people have their money. That's right. And that would be in a moderate or a balanced portfolio, yep. and it's really focusing on a. 50-50 mix. Yeah, it could be a 50-50. Uh, yeah, I know for, for us here, a, a lot of times uh, we will be at like a 60-40 on the, well, I guess just to, to hold hold true with how yeah. we've been doing this. So so fixed income, then equity. Yeah. Uh, this would be a 40-60 usually, but it could be, it could be a 50-50. And obviously it just kind of depends on, you know, your particular style that of uh, management that you're following, or if you you know, are working with a larger company, but but for us, it's usually forty percent fixed income, sixty percent equity, and because we are also a tactical management firm, sometimes we will adjust those numbers down if if the market just seems overheated. Well, like last year, we we felt like the market was way overheated. We're talking in twenty twenty one, right? Twenty twenty one. Because yeah. now this is twenty twenty three, so it wasn't last year; it was the year before that. And we we pulled. We went from a sixty to sixty five percent exposure. It got into sixty five because our growth part of the portfolio got so hot yeah, and everything right. was going up so much. We pulled that all the way down to 30 to 35%. Mm -hmm. So we took it way, way down on the equities. That's not normal though. And in, in a normal, normally you're going to be 50 to 60% equities um, and, yeah. and 40 to 50% fixed income and a balanced moderate portfolio. And you'll see this across the board. If you go start looking around at the different mm -hmm. uh Asset allocation, yeah. you know, the but different we, big firms. We did that again, just a very, very short term, like over over a few months, 
at, at most because mm-hmm. then as we started to see some of the positions that we had either previously been been in or were looking at moving more into uh, w- one of them was uh, one of the funds that we use for healthcare. Healthcare was way down mm-hmm. for, the, for the position yeah. that we would normally buy into, and so we started we moved more back into that position, and then kind of throughout throughout the year. Uh, especially in the first six months of the year, we we were deploying more and more of that cash that we had pulled back, uh, back into those equities, which you know just a yeah, form just of dollar cost off. averaging. Yeah. You know, again, using contrarian theory for us, we here at the firm we wanted to f- look for those opportunities of things that were on sale, if you will. And so. it was a good move. <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah. a very very good and good it, move. And it doesn't always show. It doesn't always show up as a, as a huge benefit. So if you, if you are using this tactic yourself at home, or you're interested in how we do it here, it, it won't necessarily be a huge difference in that first twelve months. I would say. Right. But it's one of those where you know, over the next two or three years, you start to kind of notice a difference between if you had just held on to everything versus if you did tactically kind of move in after the markets had gone up, move back in as it starts, as it goes down, that's when you start to notice that difference from that cost basis. So next we get up to what we refer to as our growth portfolio. And the growth portfolio still has some fixed income in it, but now instead of that being, you know, like it was a conservative where it was 80% fixed income, now it's all turned all the way down to 20% right. fixed income. It may be even a, l- a little less than that. And the equity portion can be up to 80% That's in right. the equity portion. This is more going to be towards the growth side of the mm-hmm. equation, too. You get back to the equity style chart and you take a look at that, and that's going to be on the growth side, not on the value side. Now, that's you right. can still reach into value, and we were doing that this this last year, and we are still there right now in our, in our growth But portfolio. it is going to be more small and mid-cap yeah. as far as the, the valuation side. Um, and then, obviously, depending on the on the need, it, it could it's going to be more growth could have some value or, or blended. And, and if you remember back in October of 2021 and our growth that where we were 80 to 85 percent, we pulled that back to 60 percent. Mm-hmm. So we That's pulled right. back a lot on that. And now we've moved back into those that we'll see the major benefit of that will be when the markets rebound. That's right. Yeah. And, you know. History shows us the markets have always rebounded. Will they? Will they always rebound? We can't make the statement that they always will. But, but history they all, has shown that they they so far have always rebounded. One hundred percent of the time. I mean, in, in my opinion, Bob, if the markets don't rebound, there's probably much bigger concerns anyway. That yeah. I don't know who's going to really care about the markets anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and there's cycles, and we've mentioned this many times in Ecclesiastes. You know, there's a time for everything. That's right. And and there's not always going to be good times, and there's not always going to be bad times. So when you're bad times think about the good times because they're going to come around when yeah. you're good times you need to prepare for the bad times that's right okay that's right and then this brings us to our last portfolio which yeah, so is the, so the last one you know f- for for our firm here it's it's usually around the zero percent uh on the fixed income mm-hmm. but it could be up to 10 percent fixed income yeah. and then uh, the equity side of it is you know based on those numbers you know anywhere from uh, 90% to 100%. I would say the average is usually about 98%. That's we correct. do usually hold back uh, just a little bit for for cash and you know this would be considered aggressive growth. So so these are you know again this is almost 100% equity and you know it's obviously going to be a lot more small and mid cap. It's very growth focused. 
Uh, there may be some positions or sectors in there in, in the aggressive that we might not use in some of our, our other right. models. That's right. Uh, just because, again, they are more aggressive. They're kind of a hence, lot more volatile. And, yeah. and you've got to be able to handle extreme volatility when it comes to the aggressive growth style right. because you're near like you say you're nearly all equities and stocks have they they fluctuate much more than a fixed yeah. income and then so these are our five main models and we're going to talk about one thing i wanted to that. highlight okay. too bob go ahead so so to keep in mind these five different models that we highlighted they also all have a average expected investment time horizon they do associated with them so, so yeah. for that volatility to make sense there also needs to be an assumption that you know like for aggressive i'll start i'll start there with aggressive if you don't have at least 10 years maybe even 12 but at least 10 years yeah. that you're going to put the money in aggressive and not touch it at all and not panic and mm -hmm. withdraw the money mm -hmm. then you have no business investing in, in that aggressive of a fund or, or, or model, That's right. you know, and then it kind of goes down from there where, I mean, even ultra conservative is if you don't have at least two to three years, that's, that's correct. There's then put it in a CD, put it in, in the high yield savings account. Like there's no reason to even invest it in even something like ultra conservative. In which we do here. We, we yeah. do CDs yeah, we and can help uh, we, we have what we call our non-managed CD or we can buy treasuries with that. Yeah. Um, we don't charge a management fee. It's just a one-time fee. Yeah. To, to, to move into that. I, of course, I can, if you're doing I, it on your own, you know. Right. Then, and uh, it's a very, very low fee. I, I will tell you right now, for a $100,000 CD, it's $300. Um, for a $50,000 CD, it's $150. So it's basically 30 basis points one time. Yeah, and, that's right. And, we, you know, once we buy that for you, and uh, we can actually buy the same CD you can get at your yeah. local bank, we can get you a lot better rate. That's right. So I, that's kind of a weird deal. So, but. so that's the main thing is yeah. just to keep in mind is is not just what those percentages are in the and the asset mix, but also keep in mind that the more aggressive you go, the longer in years, not months, but the longer in years you need to be willing to leave it invested. Otherwise, that volatility, if you time it wrong, could really hurt you in the long run. It could. It so. could. And, and, you know, we have other models that are outside of this, like a real estate model or a healthcare model or energy model. Right. It's all the different sectors. You could have models within there. So mm -hmm. as you can see, this is very complex. Um, it's all about overweighting and underweighting between all the different parts and, and use, we use all these same methodologies, you know, between fixed and, and equities. And the main thing, once you learn how to do all this, is you got to understand where do all these models fit for you yeah. and your long-term goals, your short-term goals. Some uh, of our clients, they'll use all five of these models. That's right. Uh, some will use just two or three. It all depends yeah. on what your short-term and long-term goals are and how all that fits, this is the most important part, how it all fits within a comprehensive, interactive financial plan. That's right. Okay. Because yeah. choosing which one of these models to go into, and like you said, Bob, whether it's one, two, five of them, you know, really comes down to the question of, you know, are you nowhere near retirement? Are you getting close to retirement? Are you in retirement? If you're in retirement, what are your actual income needs that, that you need to cover your expenses for retirement now that you're not working anymore? And so if you look at that and you figure out those numbers, then you get to the question of, okay, great. Well, if I need, let's say I need 60,000 a year in mm -hmm. today's dollars. Okay, well, if I need 60,000 a year and I have $800,000, okay, how much of that should I put into something that's more conservative, like the ultra conservative account? 
I'm gonna say about five years. Yeah, okay? about five so, years. So so you need to have three hundred thousand and around ultra conservative or conservative. Mm-hmm. Then, and then beyond that, you can get over you, into exactly, the areas. Exactly. Right. And then the idea with that is, you know, of course we do this for our clients, but the idea being that you have your less volatile account with five years worth of capital to for those income needs. So that way, the rest of your portfolio can stay invested longer with a little more growth focused, because even if it just averaged zero percent, you know, in your in your ultra conservative, well, in that case, you've still got five years before you might have to potentially touch the more growth focused account. And we and that's call just that, a real simple example. I call that outlasting a bear market. OK, yeah. that's the bottom line is you can outlast a bear market when you have enough outside of the markets to to take you through that bear market and bear markets normally last 13 months. Mm -hmm. So, which by the way, kind of says our bear market officially started in uh, 22 around June. Yeah. A bear market's where it's down 20% or more correction is between 10 and 20. So where it was down 20% or more, it started in June average is about 13 months. Yeah. If we do that average, we're looking at June to July of 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 this this year. year. That's right. Um, that we would be coming out of that market. And the good thing is, too, like I said, the, a lot of this has been caused from the Fed, lowering interest rates from zero to four and a half. They're expected to go to, uh, in February 1st is the next time. They're expected to announce another quarter percent and maybe one, another quarter or half on top of that. So the Fed's basically done. They only have 15% more to go, Yeah, which is a good thing. So, you know, they've raised them 450%. It's taken yeah. the market down 20 so if you raise them another 15%, how much more down is that going to take the market? Right, exactly. Okay. With all this being said, in, in today's uh, part three, you've got part two and part one, you can definitely, you could do this yourself if you're willing to devote years to it and learning how to do this and know how all this goes together with a comprehensive financial plan. Or you can hire a fiduciary fee-based financial advisor like we are. And another thing that we didn't even mention, I forgot, we want to we want to make sure to do this, is we put all this also through our biblically responsible values morally based screens. That's right. Yeah. Before we put them into the put we put the holdings into the portfolios, and then we got to put it through all the financial fundamentals, which is extremely important too. I, I, yeah. We got so caught up in all the different models, I forgot to mention that, which is yeah. the most important part. Yeah. But, so so all all of this, and then you know. Great. Here's our top 30 picks, you know, yep. for, for the, the 10 that we're trying to isolate down to. And then we'll screen through all of those to say, OK, which one of these actually pass our faith based screens for biblically responsible investing? And then we can finally narrow down our, our choices. Yeah. Financially, so, is it going to make it? What yeah. are the P.E. ratios? How's the company? Exactly. How much debt is in the company? You know, et cetera. What are the analysts saying about it? So that concludes this three-part series, and I hope this has been very helpful to you. Um, It's always good for me just to talk it out. Yeah. I I realize how much we do and how many years of experience has gone behind this. And, Shauna, it really hit me as I was coming to the conclusion of this. You see these TV commercials that just show somebody doing this on their lunchtime with an app, and these company, these brokerage companies advertising online investing, and that is insanity yeah. to me when you look at what goes into this. 
That's right. Uh, you, yeah. you, you don't just you can't just do this over lunchtime. This if you have the time you want to commit, you need to commit twenty or thirty hours a week to this, to learning yeah. this for many years, and then you're you could be ready to do it yourself. Well, I, I I'd almost argue, Bob, that if it really was that easy for people to be successful consistently over years, not just oh somebody's been trading for a few months or something like that, but, but yeah. for for a couple decades. How many hundreds of billions of dollars under management do you think we would have right now if we could just do it that easily? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> most definitely. So I, I think uh, the idea there is that, yeah, sure, maybe it works for a little while, but uh, it's not going to really work for a long-term strategy. It actually, believe it or not, takes work and knowledge and diligence and a plan Mm-hmm. to be successful with this. Just just like the mechanic now that, I mean, I can't work on my own car. It's too complicated. Oh, yeah. So so I'll look at, at all that. So if you would like help from a fiduciary fee-based Christian advisor, we'd love to help you. You can contact us during business hours at 830-609-6986. You can also text that number if you like to, or you can find us on the web at christianfinancialadvisors.com. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. God bless and have a wonderful day. We invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ChristianFinancialAdvisors.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA Christian Financial Advisors, also known as Christian Financial Advisors Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.